And it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 34. Recorded, whoa, on 3-4. This is weird. March 4th, 2011. Crazy. Today we're going to be talking about data. I don't know, maybe we'll title it The Data House or something. It's Splunk Talk. I gotta have more cowbell. I almost wish I planned it out that episode number 34 was on March 4th. Oh, you didn't do that? That's not how it worked? No, it is episode number 34, right? See, I thought you started last year to make sure that right now it ended on this. You know, we skipped enough Fridays along the way to where it actually came out to be just exactly like this. That's pretty cool. You know what? I, I may have to like think of some evil plans that come out like two years from now. And if I think about them now, then I'll, it'll be perfectly designed for when a magical date comes up or not. Maybe I think, I think I, I believe you, I believe you can do it. You know I what? Also, I can I make also, it. So all I got to do is say it with my mind and it's so exactly. You just yeah. kind of think it. And then yeah. cause you got tiger blood. Yeah. I got tiger blood and Donna's DNA. Of course. That's, of course. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> so who are you? I'm Michael Wild. Uh, I live in Austin. Uh, they call me the Splunk Ninja. And um, I like barbecue. I do. And who are you? I am Maverick and I live in Dallas. And I am the other part of the uh, two-parter uh, member of this team because the third member is not even the fake version of the third member is not even here today. Fake version. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Jeff Blake. His laugh is here. His laugh again. is here. I need to get some more sound bites. Actually, I have a lot of his old recorded vid audio, so I can probably just completely manufacture a Splunk Talk episode from sound bites of Jeff. That would be totally awesome. What, what was his excuse this time? Was it just um, some customers or something? Or? Actually, I believe he was getting uh, his hair done. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, it's either his hair done or I... I, I don't know. He's his toe, toenails done. Maybe. Yeah, I think he also might be picking out drapery um, for his new loft. That's a good reason not uh, to be here. I'd blow this. I'd blow this episode off to pick out drapery. You know it. Totally. Totally. All right. So um, <laughs> we got questions. We do have some questions today. So let's do our little this. Awesome. I have the crappiest headphones ever in today. And we're going to talk about my headphones later. But the first question is normally asked by Jeff Blake. Okay. <laughs> but but he's not, you haven't manufactured it yet. What are you going to do? Uh, well, let's see. It's it's usually asked by Jeff and answered by me. Okay. So uh, in the spirit of keeping uh, Jeff's um, spirit body alive, alive uh, I'll give it a try. So... Uh, Hey, yeah, uh, this is Jeff Blake, and uh, I love the Bears, <laughs> and Ditka is God. Uh, swear, I'm a Sox fan, not a Cubs fan. Anyways, uh, when uh, when do I use time chart, and uh, when do I use stats there, hey? <laughs> go Packers. Okay. <laughs> I agree with Go Packers. All right, so he says, when do I use time chart, when do I use stats? All right, so I had this question. I didn't really have the the question sort of came up this week as a result of talking to someone. And they had they they were using, let's just say they were using time chart Mm -hmm. and uh, they wanted to see it. You know, they wanted a graph or a chart to show 
when certain IPs has con- had connected to his website more than 10 times. Um, it had something to do with like certain IPs scraping his website in a, let's say in a 24 hour period, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he had piped it to time chart and, uh, you know, he, then he wasn't sure how to do the more than 10 times thing. And I asked him, I said, well, hold on a second. Wait, do you want to know um, over this 24 hour period, do you want to know anyone that has hit your website more than 10 times in the 24 hour period, the aggregate, or do you care about each hour within that 24 hour period? And it turned out, he actually didn't want to use stats. He wanted that number. Or he, sorry, he didn't want to use time chart. He yeah. wanted to use stats. And like when I was explaining to him, I said, well, stats and time chart are kind of like the same thing. Okay, Stats is, if you were to think about the way time chart works, it's just doing stats, what the stats commands do, like within each little time bucket. And each time bucket is, let's say, if it was a day, each time bucket would be an hour. Okay. Um, so if you actually don't care about what happens in the time buckets, which is what I'm calling them time buckets, from one to two, two to three, three to four, and what the count within that is, if you don't care about that, use stats. If you do care about it, like we do on the podcast, I wonder like who downloads what during which hours of the day, then use time chart. Yeah, I usually I usually explain it uh, that time or show the difference uh, when I'm talking to someone. The time chart is basically making your x-axis time, and your y-axis can be the other the other elements that you're kind of graphing those values, those counts, averages, whatever over time, splitting right. them out by something. Whereas stats, you you have x and y-axis is both the count by the uh, by itself or by another field or something like that as the x and y, and then the time is not on any of the axes. That's kind of how I. You're absolutely right. But, but, and but I should have explained it that way, but I don't know. No, 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 I have a no, different you, brain. Well, yeah, to the no, to this this person I was talking to, I should. Oh yeah, I mean it's that's just that's kind of the funny thing about Splunk. I think is that sometimes, yeah, even I do. I find myself going and trying one command because I'm kind of thinking in my mind. At least I'm starting somewhere, and then I kind of figure out it. Really, I mean another command, it, and it, it happens sometimes. And I think that that's kind of the cool part overall. If you think about it, just to be able to dive in and try something, just say, well, let me just try something. I mean, how many tools do you have that you can kind of not know how to approach it, but you can just experiment and try and, and kind of get there? It's kind of it's kind I of. I think neat. it's because I suck at word problems, like. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm good at this yeah. pattern oriented crap, but like when it comes to the math stuff, I just don't do it enough uh, to where, I don't know. I Word problem. I'm just yeah. an idiot. That's all. No, I think, I think, I think we all have our way of. <laughs> Everyone has our strengths. You don't have to, well, you don't have to be an expert to use Splunk. That's what my point is, is that, right. you, you know, you can try these different things and. And you just kind of you get to learn it as you go, and I like that. I don't like I said. There's not many tools I even I get to use where I can kind of learn it as I go. You know, like this. Yeah, and sometimes I think you really need to like know the word problem before you think about the Splunk question because you know sometimes uh, users will get mired in the commands, right. and and instead of going okay, what question do I really want to answer? Okay, and do I want to find out more than 10 times of hitting my website in a 24-hour period? Okay, and if that's the question, then now what do I use to do that? 
and you know yeah and you can become a victim of the forest for the trees right you kind of get so deep down i've seen this a lot you get deep down into the details and you forget hey maybe i need to like step back and look at the whole forest here and and maybe that will help you to kind of figure out where the where the real um the real value of what you're trying to do is versus because we're all technical and we've been in it a long time we just it's hard not to not to be down into the uh in the trenches like that so yeah i've had to learn to kind of step out a little bit too even myself to look at the bigger picture and figure out what the word problem really really is trying to say but i suck at word problems too so i totally feel for you yeah i tell customers that i talk to i'm like i'm an expert on the splunk language not complete expert but i know a lot just because i've been here and you're you prospect customer are good at your business so think about the question you really want to answer and part of my job is to help you translate that into into the search language and then both of us can get you what you want. So, I have a question for you, Maverick. Okay. Let's see. Halt, Hamazite. <laughs> did you see that thing I posted on Facebook? I, I don't know. Oh, I, I, it's a, it's a graphic of like an old German World War One photo of like three German soldiers. Uh, there are three German soldiers sitting on a pond of ice and one of them sort of fallen down and it says uh-huh. halt oh. <laughs> Hamazite right <laughs> which I think means hammer time and it yeah. sort of looks like the one who's fallen down is doing like break dancing oh I see I don't know I'll, 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 have, to check, I'll have to check it out yeah. it's on my faith book okay anyways the question for you is I'm using Splunk as my data warehouse for logs for compliance reasons, I need to be able to run a daily report now and then. Rerun that same report later for an auditor and prove that no new log events arrived after the initial report had ran. Okay. Otherwise, our processes for collecting the logs will be suspect. How can I do that? Wow. So... Um so you're going to run. So let me make sure I got this straight. So for compliance reasons, you got to run a report at some point. And then uh, later on at a later date, it, it sounds like you have to rerun the same report that you ran before and show that they're the same or show that they have uh, no new logs of a ride, meaning there's a discrepancy is what I would think um, is what it's really asking and, and, and just show that control. So, okay. um, so I, I, there's probably a couple ways you could do that. I'm thinking off the top of my head, I'm thinking you probably, um, you could use the summary index and you could probably run the report and somehow, uh, uh, collect the, the raw logs into a, um, into something that, you know, like a, a do a stats list on all the raw and just, just stuff it into summary that way. And then do that same kind of uh, pull of that report, uh, at a later date, um, on the same, on the same, for the same day at the day, like snap it to the day and then just, just make sure that they're exactly the same, that you don't have, I guess you'd have duplicates for each event if you did that. And if you had any that were not duplicated, then you know that they were inserted later and you would be able to show, prove that, um, that you had differences. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I was also thinking, you know, last night I was talking to Octavio DiCiulio. I hope I pronounce his name right. He's uh, one of our super duper support dudes. And um, we were looking at the audit log or the mm-hmm. audit.log. And that actually has information about the jobs that ever have ran in your Splunk server. So you can see what searches have been ran. Mm-hmm. And it does tell you the total number of results. Um, uh, oh, so good. like maybe if the number of results had changed. So let's say, you know, how, how or why could this happen? 
you know, you, you do a report over one month and then you, let's say you save that report or, or whatever. Um, and you know, there's like a 500,000 results that came out of that report. And then later somebody goes and monkeys with your Splunk server and just goes and indexes some old data that in that, in that time range. And now your report has 590,000. So you might, obviously there might be some issue with your process, but maybe the, the actual result, the number of results coming back might be an interesting way to do that. And, and I have an idea for the next question. I have an idea on how the answer to the next question might actually help your question, but I'm not oh, going to really? tell you it right now. Well, why not? Because <laughs> we have to break for a commercial. If you've finished uh, answering. All right. No, okay. that's yeah. That's fine. okay. Here's a, the, you know, weekly reminder of stuff coming up. You know, we've got one of the things to, you know, we could just take a sidebar here. We did an, well, this wasn't awesome, but it wasn't awesome because we did it. But there was an awesome user conference last year. Was there not, Maverick? It was one of the best. It was the first, too. It was the first. That we did. It was the charter. It was the inaugural. Everybody thought we'd been doing them for years. They just were impressed by it, you know. Yeah. So we, you know, took over some of the Palace Hotel last year in San Francisco, got a bunch of customers, Splunk people, most people all nerdy partners, customers. Yeah. Dudes off the street, wanted a free t-shirt. Nerd fest, yeah, totally. And uh, we had a whole bunch of sessions and a keynote and all the stuff because we're growing up as a company and we're actually growing up as a community, right? All of us Splunk people really need, sometimes we need local places, um, you know, in our local local backyards to meet. And, you know, it's also a good time for everybody to get together. So we had the user conference last year. We're doing that again this year. Um, We're doing that again this year. What Did they time? put that on our website already? I don't know. Someone was asking me. I was I was trying to... I, I don't know if we said it... With, I don't um, think it's August. I don't think it's August. It might be like September, October, I, I want to say it's like in October. I think it's going to yeah. be October. Um, I'll, don't think it's... Don't they're, think probably, it's they're probably finalizing the dates as far as where they're going to do it, but we're going to have another user conference this year. So, you know, if you're interested and you're planning your year as far as places that you can go... The Splunk user conference is pretty cool. It's usually in San Francisco. You get to talk to a lot of Splunk people, especially folks like yourself that are using the product that, you know, might not be going to your local user group because they're in Sheboygan and you're in Raleigh, for example. But um, yeah. Yeah, and then you got, you know, uh, you got access just to a lot of Splunk people. And uh, we, we did our podcast last year. That was episode number 10. I believe yeah. it was ten, right? Absolutely, yeah. That was that, cool. was, that was a fun. That I was had a the long video. Time ago. I had the video of that. So too. we did that out there, and we interviewed some attendees. Uh, some were customers, and some were Splunk people, and some were just partners. And uh, so think about that for later on this year. You'll you'll find all the things that are happening with Splunk on Splunk.com/page/events. Microsoft Management Summit. On March 21st to 25th in Las Vegas at Mandalay Bay. Wow. Me, I'd go to the Microsoft one because uh, you might get to see a video that Wild did and they're going to do one of Wild's demos. So I don't know. Uh, really? That's cool. Yeah. Well, actually, this I did this video. It's up right now. It's up on YouTube.com slash Michael Wild. I haven't moved it over to Splunk's website yet, but it's on how you can use Microsoft SCOM and Splunk together. Mm-hmm. If you are listening and feel like going there, just 
search for Michael Wilde on YouTube, you'll find it. It's there. You'll probably see my kids' videos too. But um, that video is actually going to be shipped on Microsoft's um, one of their DVDs they send out, which is cool. So that, that is cool. Yeah, it's cool. So but we are growing up. We're growing up, but also I, I hope no one needs any Splunk work done on <laughs> March 23rd because everybody's going to be out Splunk events <laughs> or not. Anyways, that's stuff that's coming up. Um, we, uh, we have another question. And that question is going to be asked by me because, wait, it, no. it is. How, how about I ask? I haven't asked one yet. You asked it. You No, you asked. You pretended to be Jeff at the beginning. So no. Okay. Me you can ask it. Go Packers. Okay. No, you uh, can ask it. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to be the best person to answer because I sort of just learned this, but go ahead. Okay. Well, we'll just talk about it. Okay. So uh, that's fine it's because normally we make Jeff and he wouldn't probably know how to answer right. it anyway. No. Uh, what, what does event stats do? Okay. The event stats command. Event stats. Yeah. There's a command called event, event stats. stats. Are, the that's, question is, what does that do? One, that's one of those pipe commands, right? Yeah. You pipe to it and pipe yeah, to so, event so, stats. So what does it do, man? What does it do? Okay. All right. I'm going to give us a shot and I'm not going to use the words X and Y axis. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Event stats add statistical information to each event, allowing you to analyze the event's relevance to the whole pile of events that you selected. That made no sense at all. Okay. But what does it do though? But what, what does it do? How does what does it mean? Okay. So um Give me an let's, example. Let's say, for example, I had uh I was measuring some WMI data. Okay. And uh, this was, let's say, bytes sent per second. Okay. Just network traffic on my, on my machine. Which and I'm cl- collecting you events, you know, every minute. Okay. Okay. So I'm probing it. And I'm doing this for every machine. Um, obviously, I might want to find out the whole average on bytes per second. Um, I might want to find out the whole a time chart on the average of bytes per second per hour. But what if I wanted to know uh, each event? Okay, so each event. If I wanted to know what the bytes per second was in comparison to the average of all events in that particular time range. Event stats does that. Okay, so here's really? what happens. You pipe it to event stats and let's say... You're you're going to end up creating a new field is what will happen. So you pipe it to event stats and do event stats and do average bytes sent per second. Okay, that's average in a in a parens your field name mm-hmm. as you know. We'll just give o- it a name. O- overall average. Overall average. Yeah. And you hit enter or return or any or the green button, and it's going to look like nothing happened. But it actually puts that field that Maverick named, which was what total average, in each event. So now I have like the total average over the hour, for example, in each event. And I have the bytes per second value in each event. Now, right. what if I wanted to calculate the difference between this event versus the average? We could eval that and maybe we do a difference or maybe we divide it or something else. You're then applying that to each event and now you can aggregate that over a time chart or, or, or a longer period. Was that even close? 
Yeah, no, that's really good. I mean, I, that's exactly what it's what it's doing. And if you have a if you're using stats command, like you were saying earlier, if you're using stats, um, and you creating it's creating a table as a result of running that command, then the event stats would append that extra overall value, that total value, as another column in the table, so you can graph them out comparison to each other. So you could have a line that's the average and then how everyone compares to that and you could graph it out over over time or in a stats or whatever. Um, uh, so now just, I get it. I get it because we were talking about this earlier and you told me to pipe it to stats and you told me to pipe it to event stats and it took the statistical table. I did something like um, failed password count by host and then I did an average on it. But it adds the event stats field in a stats table. But the cool thing about that is you could then, from that point in time, calculate the difference between the overall average, let's say the average number of failed logins versus the actual number of failed logins for this particular user and add a brand new field in your stats table that might be, you know, let's say the variance between the average. So, Yeah, it's kind of like another dimension. You're adding another dimension that's relative to the group rather than to the individual event, and you want to have them in the same shot. And that's that's kind of a data warehouse. Yeah, it's not what data warehousing tools do. So, well, something like that. I mean, but not in real time. They don't. Yeah, not in real time. And that's the cool thing. You can set this up, and then you can watch that happening as it's in real time. You can watch it actually building from from right to left, which is pretty cool. Yes, and that's the one badass thing about event stats because. Event stats will let you see if you do event stats on a real time search and the real time search is going to be within a window, let's say a one hour window, you're going to get this rolling set of event stats so you can compare each event against a total average. Wow, I feel smart. Now, Maverick, check this out. (laughs) Hold on, dude. Back to question number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What if you took and did event stats and captured the total count of all events? And you put it by each event, and then you oh yeah compared there you go. it there you go. yeah you compared then you put, it then you could you could still do summary index though, yeah. too right I don't know for some reason in my head it seemed like a good idea maybe that's, not no that's pretty, that's pretty cool but then you using event stats to, to calculate but, the total it'll, total number of events but here but here's so speaking of question two though if you the, the thing I was thinking is I guess the approach I was taking is if because I was assuming this that if you wanted to show an auditor. Uh, they may want to see which ones were the new events that got added. So I was thinking you might want to do the whole list so you can compare the two. But I like the way you're saying, like an auditor may not care about that. They just want to know that, hey, is this really control really work or not? And if you were to show, yeah, it's different than before, then then at least you can show them that you're aware that it's wrong or that it's suspect and you can try to go fix it. And then the next time be able to do the same thing, repeat it on the next audit to show that you fixed it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm. Yeah, if you wanted to show the difference of the actual events, our ESS product does something like this and where a lookup table is generated that contains the identifier of each particular event. And you could then go and actually look up and retrieve individual events, but we'll save that for another Splunk talk. Um, Okay. Okay. So tell me about your earphones, man. You were mentioning that. Hold on a second, dude. I got to do the... uh, Oh, yeah. I got to do the sting. Right here. Okay, there we go. We're the bumper. All right. So what did we learn this week? Obviously, I learned a few things about event stats because that was our discussion prior to the podcast. Um, And we were hoping that we would learn that from Jeff, but he was not here. Hey, go Bears. Ditka's got. Go Packers. Um, So this is not Splunk. Did I learn Splunk related stuff? I'm sure I did. (laughs) 
Actually, here's a couple things. One, I'm going to do a video on summary indexing because I've made this statement. Splunk make first of all, everything you do in Splunk is the absolute most inefficient way to do it by default. Anytime you use a search interface, it's the most efficient way to run a report. Inefficient way to run a report. It's but inefficiency is often causes you to do things. Uh, provide features that are very easy to use, right? When you just correct, when correct. You just do a search, you see Splunk doing all these fields on the left hand side and generating all these graphs. There's a way more efficient way to do things. So, um, summary indexing is one of them, but even summary indexing isn't that well understood and obvious on when you should do it. Although the product itself is going to change later this year, I think, to do something called transparent summary indexing. It's something people should understand. So. Um, that's what I'm going to do maybe the next couple of weeks. But here's that's a non-Splunk cool. related thing. Okay. So, Bose. B-O-S-E. Yeah, I know. All you haters right now are going to go, no highs, no lows. It's Bose. Yeah, well, <laughs> screw <laughs> you. Okay. Anyways, I actually, I did <laughs> not screw you. But listen, I've tried other headphones. Like, I got those Dr. Dre ones, those Beats by Dre headphones. Yeah. Sucked. Okay. Really? Yeah. But see, I'm also not that much of an audiophile to want to step up to like the $400 like sure ones or the studio oh. monitor ones. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe if somebody gives me a $500 gift card someday, I'll just waste them as I often do on, on, on my gift cards. But so I couple in back in August, I buy these Bose MIE2 in-ear headphones. Okay. And they, you know, I like the way they sound. If you don't, that's awesome. But I do. So stop saying that Bose, no highs, no lows thing, listener. Okay. <laughs> but here's why Bose does not suck other than the fact that Wild likes them. All right. So headphones, I end up sleeping with my headphones, not cuddled up with them like I'm a spoon with them, but I fall asleep to them almost every night. Matter of fact, I have an iPod Nano that I actually wear as a watch that Maverick can see right here on camera. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so this actual thing here, this is the Lunatic, L-U-N-A-T-I-K. I put a video on my... So you, you sleep with that and your headphones still hooked yeah. into it? so I sleep with this right here. See, Maverick yeah. can probably see this now. That's an yeah. iPod Nano. Okay. That's cool. It's kind of cool. Um, I usually uh, have my iPhone on, but I listen to podcasts, not my own but other ones like Stuff You Should Know, which is a great podcast. Listen to it if you don't listen to it. Anyways, so uh, my headphones, like the other morning I woke up and they were all jacked. Like the left one didn't work anymore. I don't know. Maybe I had a nightmare or something like that. And I was flailing. But the headphone didn't work. It's like, what the deal? It just was going out. And I use my headphones for everything. I use them every day for conference calls with customers. And I do it on the podcast. So I, uh, I'm like crap now i'm gonna have to get another pair of headphones i wasn't really happy about it so i i get as a result of becoming an apple customer many years ago i save almost every box you know like my mac and all this stuff because if you have this if you have things in their original box they're usually easier to resell and ship which is good so i look around i find the actual box for my bose headphones which is great and i look in and there's a year warranty so i'm like all right I didn't have the head. I did not have the receipt, although I bought it from a Best Buy kiosk in the Austin airport. So I emailed <laughs> them for the, and they're going to send me a receipt. But in the meanwhile, so here's the cool thing. This is why Bose is great. 
I go online to Bose.com. I click on product registration. I go and register my product because I had the box. I had the product ID number, the serial number. Great, fine. So I'm looking around thinking I'm going to call them in a couple of weeks when I get the receipt. But I see service. I click on service and it says, you know, give us a call. So I call them up. And they ask me what my name is and what my zip code is. And they're like, we have your phone number as 512-524-9742. Don't worry, it's a Google Voice number. So uh, feel free to call it. But anyways, they had my information in there right from like a minute ago, which uh, means their e-commerce systems and online systems are pretty dang good. You know, the CSRs are looking at the exact same system the customer information goes into. And then I explained to them the story, not about how I probably had a nightmare and was flailing around, but my, my <laughs> left headphone isn't working. He goes, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that. And we'll send you some new headphones. You know, you can replace them. All I was really calling about is how, what mailing address I should send it to. So anyways, um, to make a long story even longer, he says, yeah, you know, sure, no problem. Uh, You pay for the shipping. We'll pay for the shipping, you know, each way. And he's like, for five bucks, I can send you a prepaid shipping thing. I'm like, fine. He said, this is the cool thing. He said, within two days after UPS registers that as it's been shipped, our systems will then automatically ship you a new set of headphones from our Phoenix Shipping Center. I mean, that is awesome. First of all, it was not a pain in the ass to get my headphones replaced. They're using decent e-commerce and and information management. And they are going to release the headphones the minute the systems tell them that it was shipped. Provided all this crap works, that's awesome. So that's what I learned this week. And you know what? Bose does not suck. There you Okay. I should I should have did that with mine. I had my, but mine were more than a year, so I just figured I wouldn't get any kind of replacement or anything. So I need to buy a new set. Register I, your. That's why. Register I, your product so that when you call them up, you the custom whatever it is, when you call them up, they got your details. You can yeah. uncheck the little button that says notify me of all your marketing crap. Okay. Yeah, I should, I should have. I figured it was too long, I, and I just. So, I, anyways, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. That's all I have for this week. Do you got anything? Uh, not much, just uh, not really. Just I learned, uh, or I kind of figured out that um, you know you, you can reset your password if you need to reset your admin, change me password, but you can't. But you can't push it out through Deployment Manager. I found that out. So really, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Oh, it, you're right. Sec- security reasons. <laughs> no, but why is that? Well, the fundamental reason why is why is it? You tell because me. it's not in the apps directory. That's right. Deployment Manager does not push out stuff that's in directories that are lower than apps. So right. And that, and that again, because of the security, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you don't, you don't want someone to like privilege user to abuse that and push out and change everybody's password and stuff. Correcto mundo. Yeah. Well, don't forget your root password. Anyways, uh, as always, send us email splunktalk at splunk.com. We like to answer your questions online and we also like um, suggestions for the show and all of that. And, you know, someday maybe we'll have all three people back together. Um, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about getting um, another computer for my home office, and uh, when I do that, I can get the live video going. So we're we're that's coming soon. So and, fa- pe- and Facebook us too. Facebook Splunk Talk. Oh yeah, too. Facebook. Uh, yeah, I guess you can do that too. We need to get a widget on there so you can listen to it. And I've been also putting a widget on SplunkNinja.com, which is a community that I uh, started a couple of years ago that people 
still do ask questions on, which is cool. So you can go listen to it there. Anyways, uh, as always, have a fabulous week. And uh, what do we say at the end, Maverick? Happy splunking. That's right. Thank you.